Feast of Rosh Hashanah, Atonement, Tabernacles, Today, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. To understand how God's feasts affect us today, let us first look at a little foundational truth. As we know, mankind started out perfect in the image of their Creator. Made in His likeness, they lived a lifestyle of bliss. Life was wonderful, full of joy and peace. They knew only the ways of God and His thoughts on life. All they desired to do was therefore perfectly attainable, far superior to anything we can imagine today. Creatures of love, they were given ownership and dominion over the rest of earth's creation, with the extension of God's sovereignty to oversee the planet and all on it. Satan, however, cleverly tricked the woman into breaking God's law. The man followed suit, and what had been created so beautifully perfect became rebellious, inferior, filled with the wrong knowledge. Sin, with the punishment of death, was birthed into humanity. They fell from eternity into the allotted time Father granted to Satan to prove he could, or could not, carry out his goal or back his decree to be as God to earth. How much time he has to accomplish this goal, only the Father knows. The result of them entering into this season, or time, caused them to pass over from immortality to frail mortals with bodies that would break down in time, allowing sickness and pain to enter their lives. They had unknowingly chosen an existence and entered into the lifestyle of God's enemy, who could now legally call them, and all they owned, his. In other words, everything they were given by God was made subject to him. The weaker he could make the people, the easier to control them. The instant man touched minds with Satan, tasted of his thinking, and bit into the fruit of his twisted knowledge, they were tainted, lower in status, below God's standard of excellence, and incapable of producing anything of perfection. Their descendants cursed with this knowledge are to our detriment, the founders of the world we live in today. As we all know, the further something gets from its original perfection, the worse it grows with each generation. Hello, this is man today. How wonderful is it that God, our loving Father, had a plan for our restoration? What would have happened to humanity had he turned his back on man as Adam and Eve, through their lawless choice, turned their back on him? But he didn't. Instead, a body was created for God's knowledge. His word, the very word Eve had rejected. That body was given a name. They called him Jesus. All of the rest of creation had been created by him alone. But Jesus was created by the whole Godhead, which dwelled in him bodily, making him a perfect sacrifice for the sins of mankind, and in fact 
all creation. There could be no greater offering. While the body of Christ was still in the grave, His Spirit went underground to set those that had died free, and He took them to paradise. He then gave the rest of mankind a way to be born again, to start over, become a new creature that wouldn't die spiritually through His death and resurrection. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Revived at baptism, man's spirit would now return to the Father at death, leaving only man's body to the enemy that soon decays and is of no use to them. Victory! But there is an even further victory. It is God's feasts that point us to this further victory, and it is the fresh manna, or revelation, served at each of them that will lead man back to the original perfection he once enjoyed before the fall. As humanity experiences God's feast as new creatures, they begin to grow and change with each generation and each new revelation. An interesting side note with Rosh Hashanah being our next upcoming feast, it was around the time of Rosh Hashanah, 7,000 plus years ago, as handed down by the ancient sages, man was originally harvested from the earth bringing forth Adam and Eve. In other words, the first of mankind were created at the head of days, or Rosh Hashanah. Now, remembering we were discussing how the new creature keeps growing and changing as it eats from the knowledge served at God's feasts, we find as the end draws near, the new creature metamorphoses miraculously into a new species of man, one completely different from the original pair and different as well from those altered to the image of the enemy. These are born-again descendants of restored Abraham and Sarah. Isaac, their son, was born to them in their restoration and is in lineage related to the Word, the resurrected Christ. In other words, Jesus was born a descendant of the restored man, Abraham through Mary, and was a man death had no hold on, as his father was God. It is those born again through him that will start the new earth. Now here is one of God's promises to man. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49. And as we... Mankind have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, the Word, Christ, a man of restoration and immortality. And guess what? It is the time of Rosh Hashanah again, also known as the ingathering or harvest. It is also called day of sounding. And the trumpet is blowing new revelation 
for this in time. It is known also as Head of Days and is on the judicial calendar, the beginning of the new year, and the earth is once more harvesting a new species. This is not a coincidence, but a predestined plan of God. As Adam fell into Satan's realm suddenly because of choosing the wrong knowledge, so man can be changed just as suddenly to the kingdom of light through God's knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 through 54 further explains, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die physically, but we shall all be changed by his knowledge into the full stature of Christ. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that is how fast man can be restored. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, revelation will be released, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. The body will no longer be subject to time. And this mortal must put on immortality to live forever. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Now that is pure victory. Again, it is this portion of mankind, the ones that have experienced Rosh Hashanah, to become a new species that will rebuild, restore, and renew the earth as the world of Satan is destroyed. They are Abraham's seed, matured and ripened to be harvested, and gathered at Rosh Hashanah. These will in turn blow the trumpet, sound the alarm to Satan's world of the coming destruction, encouraging mankind to come out of the world systems to the extent they can, search themselves for the sin in their lives, symbolized by the ten days of awe after Rosh Hashanah, repent and be born again. Let us sidetrack a little and explain the purpose of the Feast of God, as many of the world's churches do not teach them, and God's people are not in a position to receive the knowledge God offers to bring about their full transition. The feast must be experienced personally to lead man to God's rest, where they find truth that will bring them back to God's original plan for man. These, in turn, will do their part in restoring creation. As man consumes and digests the fruit of God's knowledge that was intended for Adam and Eve to eat, they will grow back into the image mankind once reflected, that of God. He has a wonderful plan for restoration, and the knowledge gleaned at each feast is on a spiritual menu that will nourish man back to perfection. Remember, God said He would perfect that which He started. It is another one of the promises of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 reveals that promise. Being confident of this very thing, 
that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The day of Jesus Christ is judgment day. He will keep perfecting till then. The world celebrates the new year, or their head of days, January 1st. Ours is in September at Rosh Hashanah. They celebrate with baby new year coming forth and say goodbye to Father Time. They mock reality, mock our promises. We really do celebrate the new year with a much deeper meaning. We know that one day soon, we really will say goodbye to time and start our new year in eternity. That is a promise, and God does not lie. At the close of Rosh Hashanah, there are, as mentioned before, ten days of awe in which we can search ourselves for where change is needed to be pleasing to God and reveal where we are out of harmony with a God of love. We repent for the sin in our past life and determine in our hearts to start anew. The devil's counterfeit of this being the world's New Year's resolution. They are made to break, they say, putting this mindset in man. The number 10 stands for completion. So when we have thoroughly repented and asked for forgiveness, the next wondrous feast we will experience is the Feast of Atonement, as it is the atoning blood of Christ that pays for our sins and makes us righteous. Only through Christ, our Passover Lamb, could we ever be complete. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Because of Him, we can repent, be born again, filled with His Spirit, enter into His blood covenant, and abide in God's rest, or live in God's already perfected plan. Little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, as we grasp God's knowledge, change comes about until one day immortality is restored to the new species and they become as in the beginning. Now here is a little deeper truth. Along with restoration, the sacrifice of Christ also jubilated mankind or repurchased them from the enemy, returning the children of God to their Creator, along with all God had given them, lost in the fall. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 21. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Jubilee!
this opens up another interesting perspective. In 1 Corinthians, we see God looks upon man as his field or his land. He also sees them as his house or building. In other words, mankind is his dwelling place on earth that Satan confiscated through Eve's choice. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 shows us what we have been talking about. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He is a spirit that, if invited, will enter man to accomplish a restoration work here on earth, even as he did in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So in the mind of God, he saw his land sold to Satan by Adam and Eve, and the mansions or perfect houses he dwelled in were lost to the enemy as well. This is why the sacrifice of Christ was necessary to atone for the mistakes made by man that caused him to be out of order with God and the rest of the universe. But also, it set them free of their captor and bought them back or returned them to God. With Satan and his followers occupying and influencing mankind for so long, they began to look the way the enemy preferred. Coaching them through his knowledge, they were transformed to creatures totally out of sync with God. We have always had a free will, and we can still choose as individuals to remain with Satan and his world, continue to satisfy the enemy's desires, or take the opportunity to repent, be jubilee, and personally experience the Feast of Atonement. Let us look at Jubilee and its legalities to better understand what has been offered to us. Leviticus chapter 25 verse 10 And you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. At the final Feast of Atonement all creation will be set free of the enemy. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession. We have been given back what was given to man originally, earth and all on it, not the world of Satan, but the planet. And each of you shall return to his family, our Father, our Creator, our Greater Husband, God. Unfortunately, man is returned to the Father like land that has been trashed, made unclean, and unfit for God. Like a house abused, holes in its walls, floors walked on by an uncaring enemy, torn up, not repaired, but returned to God legally. Man has a free will. They can stay as they are, 
remain with the enemy in his world, or choose to return to God, to be refurbished, made perfect again, living stones polished into beautiful gems, for God to build a tabernacle fit for a king. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 reveals how we can experience the Feast of Tabernacles. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This tabernacle has a name, the House of David. You see, Christ is of the tribe of Judah, the line of David. Those he leads and guides through, his government, are called the house of David and are the head of the body of Christ. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7 prophesied of this many years ago. For unto us a child is born, Christ was born in the flesh, Unto us, a son, the only one born of the Father, is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Eternal upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. These appointments or offices are held by those called to government from among the new species, ones made eternal. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. United, God's government forms a spiritual city as well known as Zion. The rest of the Lord's body, united as one, is his bride, called Jerusalem, a city designed by God. She is not a part of the world and will one day house the newborns and help raise up the nations. Isaiah chapter 66 verses 12 through 13, prophesied of God's bride, his wife, many years ago. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you shall feed, be taught truth, on her sides shall you be carried, and be dandled on her knees, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 20 shows us the groom through his government, Zion. Look upon Zion, God's city built from the united spirits of born-again man, the city of our appointed feasts, where man will receive the end-time knowledge of God. Your eyes will see, giving insight to the real meaning of Scripture. Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle,
that will not be taken down. Not one of its stakes will ever be removed. It is eternal, incorruptible, nor will any of its cords be broken. No death. Acts chapter 15 verses 16 through 18 After this, I, Jesus, will return through his body and will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Truth is released that will gather his government to form this tabernacle, which has fallen down from the time mankind chose a king from among men instead of being guided by those God chose It went downhill. I will rebuild its ruins, bring together my government, and I will set it up, a tabernacle not made by human hands. So, here is why he restored his government, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles, who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things, It was all a part of God's plan before he rested. Known to God from eternity are all his works. It has all been done and lies within God's rest to be fulfilled. Revelation chapter 21 verse 3 And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. You see, Adam and Eve not only chose the wrong knowledge, but the wrong mentor. Therefore, flesh and blood became the substance of Satan's tabernacle. Their spirit was dead because of sin. Man was created originally a living spirit with a soul in the image of God and given a body to dwell comfortably on earth. Simply put, when God dwells among man, he comes to live with us in our bodies. This is experiencing the Feast of Tabernacles. Those of flesh and blood alone are not a proper dwelling for God. They are unfortunately easily occupied by the one Adam and Eve chose, along with the spirits of the creatures born to women that married angels, as discussed in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Even those born again, filled with God's Spirit, but have not experienced the knowledge released for this end-time transfiguration of man, are but sukkahs, or temporary dwellings. These have been taught through the world's knowledge and the world's religions. It is the natural way of things to die. The law, be it as you believe, overtakes them, and although children of God, pass away. But God's enlightened ones No, there are beautiful gems, living stones, being polished for eternity. Malachi chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. They shall be mine, 
says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. These will be a permanent home, temple, or tabernacle for God. In closing, the word of God, a spirit, became flesh and blood for man to redeem him from the enemy, thus making possible humanity's salvation and return to God. Now it is our turn. Men of flesh must unite as righteous spirits for him, become the image of the word of God to form a body, a beautiful home or tabernacle he can function through on earth. A temple from which he can restore his creation. So, can we understand why we must know about the feasts? Mankind experiences Rosh Hashanah by becoming a whole new species. Atonement as they repent, become beneficiaries of jubilee and a dwelling place for God as the Feast of Tabernacles is fulfilled in their lives. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 20 through 22 is a perfect closing scripture. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit.